Welcome to Zichur Davsi. My name is Rabbi Avram Goldhari, and today we're in Sechus Psachim, Dav Lamed Gimel. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, a brayso was brought in Dav Lamed Beis Hamid Beis that contained a contradiction about whether karis is more severe than meila, which is a punishment of misubide shemaim, death by the hands of heaven. The Gemara brings three ways to reconcile the contradiction. Vichiyabar Avin explains that meila is more severe than an isa karis, not because of the punishment of misubide shemaim, but because one would be punished even for eating less than the kazais of hektish. Unlike all other Asiri chorus, which only apply when one ate a Kazayas. Marbre de Rabana explains that Mi'il is more severe than an Asiri chorus because it even applies Bain Muscovin, when a person does not have Kavana to use a particular item, such as when a person tries to warm himself with the wool shearing of Chulun, but inadvertently warms himself with the wool shearing of a carbon. Rav Nachman Yitzhak explains that Mi'il is more severe in that he is Chayev even if he does it in a Masasic manner, such as reaching for something and inadvertently anointing his hand, with oil of hektish. Point number two, Abraisa and Daf Lamed Beis Amad Av stated that it is only possible for there to be such a thing as chametz, which is truma, but mafish truma v'hachmitza. If one separated truma before it became chametz, aval, mafish truma's chametz, divrei akol, in a kedusha. However, if during Pesach one separated produce for truma from something that was already chametz, all agree that it has no kedusha. The Gemara seeks the source of this ruling. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak brought the pasuk regarding truma that states, "Titan lo, you shall give it to him," meaning to the kohen, "Velo uro," but not to his fire. This teaches that produce can become truma only if it is fit for a kohen to eat. If it can only be used for burning, then it cannot acquire the kedusha of truma. Even Rabbi Yosi Aglili, who permits getting hana from chametz on Pesach, would agree here, since the kohen is not permitted to eat it. Rav Huna Braid Rav Yeshua learns it from the fact that truma is referred to as reishis, the first of your gathered grain which implies shishiyarea nikarn Yisrael, that after Truma is taken, its remains must be distinguishable to Yisrael, meaning that it must become permitted to Yisrael, where the produce remains forbidden for consumption, that which was separate does not take on the Kedusha of Truma. And pointing with Rav Achabar Ravavia was sitting before Rav Chiz and said in the name of Rav Yochanan, Anavim shinitmu dorchen pachos pachos mekabea v'yenum kashul nesachim. In the case of grapes that became tameh, one presses less than a kabeah of them at a time, and their wine is valid for libation offerings, since food less than a kabeah can generate tuma. This indicates that Rebbe Yochanan holds that the juice within the grape is not absorbed, but rather contained by it, like a liquor that fills a container. Rebbe Kizda disagrees and holds that the juice is tameh, indicating that the juice is absorbed in the grape, and when the grape becomes tameh, so does the juice. So once again, the three points are number one, a brice was brought in Davulam and Beis, on a base that contained a contradiction about whether karis is more severe than me'ila, which is a punishment of misabide shemaim, death by the hands of heaven. The Gemara brings three ways to reconcile the contradiction. Rechia Baravin explains that me'ila is more severe than an isra karis, not because of the punishment of misabide shemaim, but because one would be punished even for eating less than a kazayas of hektish, unlike all other isuri karis, which only apply when one ate a kazayas. Marbe the Rehoban explains that me'ila is more severe than an isra karis because it even applies be'en miskaven, when a person does not have kavana to use that particular item, such as when a person tries to warm himself with the wool shearing of chulun, but inadvertently warms himself with wool shearing of a carbon. And Rav Nachman Rayitz explains that me'ila is more severe and that he's hive even if he does it in a mesasic manner, such as reaching for something and inadvertently anointing his hand with oil of hektish. Point number two, a bryson davulami beisamanal stated, that it is only possible for there to be such a thing as chametz, which is truma, but mafish truma ve'achmitza. If one separated truma before it became chametz, of a mafish truma's chametz, divriyakol in a kedusha. However, if during Pesach one separated produce for truma from something that was already chametz, all agree that it has no kedusha. The Gemara seeks the source for this ruling. 
Rav Nachman Rav Yitzchak brought the puzzle regarding Truma that stays, Titan Lo, you shall give it to him, meaning to the Kohen, but not to his fire. This teaches that produce can become Truma only if it's fit for the Kohen to eat. If it can only be used for burning, then it cannot acquire the Kedusha of Truma. Even Rabbi Yosef Galili, who permits getting on Nafmachem at some Pesach, would agree here, since the Kohen is not permitted to eat it. Rav Huna Braid Rav Yeshua learns it from the fact that the Truma is referred to as Reishis, the first of your gathered grain, which implies that after Truma is taken, its remains must be distinguishable to Yisrael, meaning that it must become permitted to Yisrael. Where the produce remains forbidden for consumption, that which was separate does not take on the Kedusha of a Truma. And point number three, Rav Achab or Rav Avya was sitting before Rav Chista and said in the name of Yochanan, in the case of grapes that became tummy, one press is less than a kabeah of them at a time, and their wine is valid for a libation offering, since food less than a kabeah cannot generate tuma. This indicates Rabbi Yochanan holds that the juice within the grape is not absorbed, but rather contained by it like a liquid that fills a container. But Chizda disagrees and holds that the juice is tame, indicating that the juice is absorbed in the grape, and when the grape becomes tame, so does the juice. All right, so now we go to our simon for Dalfalam and Gimel, and our simon has to do with a leg, but we use a peg leg, a peg leg of a pirate. So here goes. The peg leg pirate, whose crew died by the hands of heaven for transgressing Me'ila, and who discovered that the truma he separated from Chametz on Pesach had no Kedusha, spent his time alone in the ship trying to figure out how to get Tahor juice out of Tame grapes. Once again, in slow motion. The peg leg pirate, peg leg pirate, that must be more on Dalfalam and Gimel. The peg leg pirate, whose crew died by the hands of heaven, for transgressing Me'ila, which reminds us that three reasons were given why Me'ila, which is Misabide Shemaim, is more severe than Isri Chorus. It is more severe than Isri Chorus, not because of the punishment of Misabide Shemaim, but because one would be punished even for eating less than a Kazayas of Hektish, or it even applies Be'en Meskavan, when a person does not have Kavana to use that particular item, such as when a person tries to warm himself with the wool shearing of Chulun, but inadvertently warms himself with the wool shearing of a carbon. And the third reason is he's chived even if he does it in a misasic manner, such as reaching for something and inadvertently anointing his hand with oil of hektish. So the peg-leg pirate, whose crew died by the hands of heaven for transgressing Me'ila, and who discovered that the truma he separated from Chametz on Pesach had no Kedusha, which reminds us, if during Pesach one separated produce for truma from something that was already Chametz, all agree that it has no Kedusha. Rav Nachman Yitzhak brought the puzzle regarding Truma that stays teeth and low. You shall give it to him, meaning to the Kohen, but not to his fire. This teaches that produce can become Truma only if it's fit for the Kohen to eat. If it can only be used for burning, then it can't acquire the Kedusha of Truma. Rav Hunabrei Rav Yeshua learns from the fact that Truma is referred to as Reishis, the first of your gathered grain, which implies that after Truma is taken, its remains must be distinguishable to Yisrael, meaning that it must become permitted to a Yisrael. Where the produce remains forbidden for consumption, that which was separated does not take on the Kedusha of Truma. So the peg-leg pirate, whose crew died by the hands of heaven for transgressing Me'ila, and who discovered that the Trumi separated from Chambas on Pesach had no Kedusha, spent his time alone in the ship trying to figure out how to get Tahor juice out of Tame grapes. Which reminds us, it was said in the name of Rav Yochan that in the case of grapes that became Tame, one presses less than a kabeah of them at a time, and their wine is valid for a libation offering, since food less than a kabeah cannot generate tumba. This indicates Rabbi Yochanan holds that the juice within the grape is not absorbed, but rather contained by it, like a liquid that fills a container. Rabbi Chista disagrees and holds that the juice is tame, indicating that the juice is absorbed in the grape. And when the grape becomes tame, so does the juice. So once again, the peg-leg pirate, whose crew died by the hands of heaven for transgressing Me'ila, and who discovered that the trumi separated from Chambas on Pesach had no Kedusha, spent his time alone on the ship trying to figure out how to get tower juice out of tummy grapes. All right, now it's time for a four-blot back Hazorah.
Dav Chavtes. So the symbol Dav Chavtes is a cot. The Chavetz enthusiast who kept Nachri Chavetz under his cot. Cot? That must be more Dav Chavtes. The Chavetz enthusiast who kept Nachri Chavetz under his cot. Which reminds us, Rabbi Yaakov said that the Mishnah Dav Chavtes of an Alf reflected the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. And he derives a prohibition of leaven regarding eating from the prohibition of leaven regarding seeing. Meaning that just as one is restricted from seeing his chametz, but he may see the chametz of Nachim and Hektish, so too only your leaven you may not eat, but one may eat that of Nachim and Hektish. In fact, continues Rav Yaakov, the Mishnah should have stated that Nachim's chametz is permitted to be eaten during Pesach. But since it stated that Jews' chametz is Asr Bahana after Pesach, it contrasted it with the Nachim's chametz that is Mutter Bahana after Pesach. The Gemara later proves that Rav Yaakov retracted his understanding of Rav Yehuda's position. So the chametz enthusiast who kept Nachri chametz under his cot and hektish chametz in the closet, which reminds the Gemara brought a brisa that said, "Ochel chametz shall hektish, but moed ma'al, one who eats chametz of hektish during Pesach has committed me'ilah." And there are those that say that he has not committed me'ilah. And one of the five interpretations of the brisa is brought by Rav Yaakov who explained in the name of Rav Yosef the Malchokis regarding "Bedaber hagorim l'mamun k'mamun whether something can lead to a benefit of money, it's treated as though it's money now. The one who says, the one who eats the chametz that has committed me'ilah holds that it's treated as money now, since the chametz of Hektish can be eaten after Pesach and therefore has value. And the Yeshomim holds, that something that can lead to a benefit of money is not treated as though it's money now. Therefore, the person did not commit an act of me'ilah on something of value. So the chametz enthusiast who kept Nechri chametz under his cot and Hektish chametz in the closet could even discern a mashu of chametz in a mixture that did not impart taste. Which reminds us, the Gemara presents the opinions of Rav Shmuel and Rav Yochanan regarding the halachas of mixtures containing chametz. Daf Lamed. So the Simmer Daf Lamed is a Malamed, is a Rebbe, is a teacher. So here goes. The Rebbe. Rebbe. That must be more Daf Lamed for Malamed. The Rebbe had his class volunteer to smash anyone's earthenware pots before Pesach for free. Which reminds us that it's Malchokas Rav and Shmuel whether earthenware pots used for chametz before Pesach need to be broken. Rav says they do, as he rules like Rabbi Yehuda, the chametz after Pesach is Asr Bahana, and that such leftover chametz will forbid a mixture of similar kind, and although it will be a case of nos and tum of gum, it will impart a rancid flavor. Rav holds that it's still Asr. And Shmuel says they do not need to be broken, as he rules like Rabbi Shimru holds that mixtures after Pesach are permitted after Pesach. So the Rebbe and his class volunteered to smash anyone's earthenware pots before Pesach for free as people wait in line to have their ovens fired up, which reminds us we may not need dough with milk, and if one did so, the entire bread made from that dough is forbidden, since it might lead to sin, meaning that one may come to eat it with meat. Similarly, we may not grease an oven with the fatty tail of a sheep, and if one did so, the entire bread in the oven is forbidden, until one fires up the oven to burn away the fat. This implies that if the oven is fired up, the bread baked in it subsequently is permitted, because the meat flavors in the oven are purged through the firing. So the Rebbe had his class volunteer to smash anyone's earthenware pots before Pesach for free, as people wait in line to have their ovens fired up and to do Hagalah's kalim. Which reminds us that the Gemara discusses the cushioning of kalim, such as knives, wooden spoons, earthenware vessels, and that kalim used with chametz while it's cold can be used for matzah on Pesach. Daflamidov. So the simmer Daflamidov is the law we use a judge, a judge. So here goes. The judge's courtroom. Judge. That must be one Daflamidov. The law. The judge's courtroom was packed with defaulting debtors who claim their creditors use their security deposits retroactively. Which reminds the Gemara introduced some alchokas regarding a creditor who holds a mortgage on a borrower's property. Abai said, If the borrower defaults on the debt, the Balchov collects the property retroactively. Whereas Rava said, He collects the property only from here on. The Gemara clarifies that they argue in a case where the Balchov either sold or was makdish the property before the loan came due. 
So the judge's courtroom was packed with defaulting debtors who claimed their creditors used their security deposits retroactively, including one man in his pajamas, which reminds us of the rule taught by Rabbi Yitzhak who said that we derive that a creditor acquires the security that was deposited by him from what's stated in the puzzle regarding a creditor who returns the night clothes of a poor Jew as security for a loan at night. And for you, it will be considered tzedakah. Now, if the now if the lender does not acquire the security, on what basis is it considered tzedakah? From here, then, it's right that a creditor acquires the security. This is the basis of whether a Jew acquires the security of a nachri as well. So the judge's courtroom was packed with defaulting debtors who claimed their creditors used their security deposits retroactively, including one man in his pajamas who came with his dog that could sniff chametz buried up to three tefachim deep. Which reminds us that ruin fell on chametz Rishim Gamliel holds that if it's buried three fucking deep so that a dog can't search after it and find it, then it's considered removed from the owner's possession and he's not over on Bal Yira'eh. Daf Chaman so the similar Daf Chaman is a mad scientist in his lab. So here goes. The mad scientist in his lab. Mad scientist in his lab? That must be more on Daf Chaman The mad scientist in his lab, who was told he must pay for truma he ate according to value and not volume, which reminds the Gemara asks what Allah is in general when one consumes truma b'shogeg where one repays. Does one pay according to the volume of what he ate or does he repay according to the price? And the Gemara clarifies that the question is only when the value of the product is increased. Do we say he pays according to the measure even though the value went up or perhaps if he ate a zoo's worth of truma that's all that he has to pay regardless of its volume. So the mad scientist in his lab who was told he must pay for truma he ate according to the value and not volume, was trying to turn a zoo's worth of figs into a zoo's worth of dates to get a bracha. Which reminds us that the Bryce that stated, If one ate b'shogeg dried figs of truma and repaid the cone with dates, may a bracha come upon him because he acted righteously is not a proof that he pays according to volume. Abai said that in fact he's repaying according to value. And the reason he should receive a bracha is because he ate something that buyers don't run after and yet repaid with something that buyers do run after. So the mad scientist in his lab, who was told he must pay for truma he ate according to value and not volume, was trying to turn a zoo's worth of figs into a zoo's worth of dates to get a bracha, and experimenting to see if he could make a kazai's worth less than a shavapruta. Which reminds us that it's a machogs tanakam whether the minimum amount of truma that one must eat to require paying back the karen and the chomish is a kazai's because it says achila in the pasuk, or shavapruta because he says vanasin and he gave, and an asina isn't less than a shavapruta. All right, now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one. Which stuff do we have a machuk is whether one who ate chametz of hektish over Pesach has committed mi'ilah? That's on Dav. Chavtas. Good. Number two. Which stuff do we have if one ate a zoo's worth of figs of truma and repaid it with a zoo's worth of dates, he should get a bracha because he repaid it with something that people run after to buy? That's on Dav. Muhammad Bates. Good. Number three. Which stuff do we discuss kasher and killing for Pesach, such as knives and wooden spoons? That's on Daf. Lamed. Good. Number four. Which stuff do we have machukas between the Tanakam and Abba whether the minimum amount of truma to eat, the Bichayv, a Karen, and a Chomish, is a Kazais or a Shavapruta? That's on Daf. Lamed Beis. Good. Number five. Which stuff do we learn that Rabbi Yudas Kabbalah from Nosa to prove one must burn Chomets wasn't valid because it resulted in leniency? That's on Daf. Good. Number six. Which stuff leave machok is whether the juice in tummy grapes is tower because it's contained in the grape like a liquid in a container or it's tummy because it's considered absorbed in the grape. That's on Duff. 
Amid Gimel. Good number seven. Which of the when the Rabbi Shimon Gamliel holds that if Ham is buried three tefachim deep, so the dog can't find it, then the owner is not over on Bal That's on Duff. Good number eight. Which of the one three reasons why Meila is more severe than Isakoris? That's on Duff. Good number nine. Which of the one that the source that the Balchub takes possession, the security in his possession, is from the Pasuk of Lochati Yitzdaka? That's on Duff. Good. And number 10, which of the learned two different sources why Truma that was separated from Chametz on Pesach has no Kedusha? That's on Duff. Lamed Gimel. Excellent. All right, that concludes our pop quiz. This is Rabbi Avram Goldman Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.